Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. Hello, Blues, and thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of the Toffee Web Podcasts. It's the evening of Wednesday, the 17th of May, as we record, and there are just two games to go in this torturously long season, and Everton's fate will be known one way or another in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, this week, it's me, Paul, and Andy to take a hopefully brief look back at Sunday's uh, defeat to Manchester City and look ahead to Saturday against Wolves and uh, the relegation picture in general. It's possible. If everything goes our way, that we could be saved by Monday night, but somehow I doubt the football gods will make it that easy on us. <laughs> There's every chance that everything will go down to the final day. Uh, Andy, Sunday against the champions-elect uh, wasn't Really the hard-fought contest I think many of us were hoping for on the back of that stunning win at Brighton. I don't think I was expecting 3-0, but we weren't quite at our strongest at the back. And when Calvert-Lewin went off at 2-0, uh, the towel was pretty much thrown in, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was what it was, wasn't it, uh, against Manchester City? Um, we met a really good team who fielded a far stronger well, I say stronger, all of their teams are strong, but let's, you know, he put a lot of his first picks in, which I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, so when I saw their team, I was more worried about our team to begin with, trying to work out what on earth we were doing in terms of the formation. And then I happened to glance at theirs and thought, oh, I don't like the look of that. Um, and it, it it was okay for for half an hour. I thought we kind of, we showed, again, what we've shown under Deitch, um in some of the bigger games, uh, Newcastle at home was kind of similar. How we 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 kind of got on the front, we started on the front foot and tried to 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 match them, tried to get at them, tried to press them. A lot of huff and puff, and for half an hour, I was kind of I, I was clicking down in kind of ten minute segments, going, "Okay, that's ten minutes gone. All right, that's twenty minutes gone." And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, "Well, we could we could get a point here." Um, but then everything would have to go so perfectly, and it didn't, did it? Um, a, a brilliant first goal. I don't think you can really argue with it. Um, it was a bit of a shame how it got to him from that cross because it wasn't a great ball in. But what Gundogan's done there is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of genius, I think, for me. Um, and then I think, <laughs> I think the entire Everton world, fans, players, staff, probably knew that that might be a, a bridge too far um, to get back in the game from there. And within 90 seconds, 
it certainly was. Um, and I kind of, I didn't really react to that second goal. I just sat there and thought, oh, this is all yeah. so real. This is all so real now. And and I, I think having gone through this last year as well, um, it the, there's there's a point where you're talking about these games coming up and you, you look at the fixtures and so-and-so and so-and-so. So and, so and there's an, I wouldn't say there's an element of fun to it, but there's there's kind of a, an anticipation to it. And then all of a sudden there's a sledgehammer that just goes, no, this is this is real. And by the way, this is going to the last day. It's bound to. Um, and and <laughs> yeah. it kind of just hits you. And you think, oh, wow, there's only two after this. And just, just us talking on our WhatsApp group earlier, when someone said, I think it was Adam said, I, I, I'm, I'm away this week, but I'll be back next week to talk about the Bournemouth game. I was thinking, oh my, that's next week. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm mentally prepared for this. <laughs> and it just all seems to be coming fast now. Um, but as for the game itself, no, I thought I, I thought we did okay for half an hour. And it was all over in 90 seconds. And then it was a case of damage limitation, really. Um, and I don't think Manchester City were too keen on making it four or five or six, to be quite honest, um, bearing in mind what they've got on their plate this week. Um, I, w- I was most concerned about Dominic Calvert-Lewin because that doesn't affect that game. That affects the rest of the games. Um, that was in the forefront of my mind afterwards. Um, I was in a kind of... I don't know a silent sulk after that, thinking oh, this is all. This is all feels so so real, um, and um, and I've gradually perked up during the during the week. You know, when you look at it, and like you just said, it could be all over by Monday night. Yeah, um, and that's how I'm choosing to look at it. Um, I know we'll come on to the others in it, but. That, that's how I'm choosing to look at it. As far as the game goes, I didn't expect anything from it and we got nothing from it. On we go. Yeah, that's the long and short of it, isn't it? Um, yeah, when Dominic... Uh, I saw at half-time Neil Mope was warming up and uh, like, like vigorously without his, without his training kit on. And naively, it didn't even occur to me that Dominic would be coming off. I don't know why. I don't know if it was like blind hope before. Like, he's playing so well. He's fine. And, Maybe maybe Sean's going for it and taking off the midfield or something like that. And obviously, it was, I was crazy thinking that. And then, um, yeah, it hit me like a sledgehammer when um, when I realised when the actually when the substitution was made and Dominic wasn't coming back on. All I could think of was like, oh, he's gone again. He's out. He's going to miss the next. He still might for all we know, but like, yeah, he's going to miss the next two games. That's and that's all I could think was like, oh, we're in serious trouble here because. The difference he's made, the difference he's made, particularly the last three, the last two three games, really. That first half against City was the best he's been. Probably he was fantastic. I thought had a really really good uh, good half hour or so. Um, so I'm still worried about that. We don't know the extent of it. Uh, it hopefully, it's uh, as Sean has said, is like just precautionary, and uh, he's, he's he's fit for for the games coming up. But um, I can't help but worry uh, about about that with Dominic. That's that. I'm, I'm still very concerned about that. We'll find out in the next few days. But the um the game Man City are a horrible team to play against when, when they're ahead. I just don't you know, especially when in, in that I think it's even worse than you're right, Andy, and that like they had no interest in going for more goals when they could just like put on the swagger and just boot you know, just boot the ball around and sort of like make you do the run. And it was just it was a pretty painful last half hour really. You know, Everton changed shape and did okay and stayed in the game. It's a shame they couldn't get a goal just to give Give the supporters there something to cheer about. I was there with my uh, my six year old son. You know, it would have been nice for him to sort of see us score a goal against Man City and give him something to cheer about. Last twenty minutes, he was like, "When are we going home, Daddy? When are we going home?" Because <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so uh, <laughs> how long's left, Daddy? You're like, yeah, well, and we couldn't just go. He wouldn't really want to just go. And we, 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 I was waiting. I, I was getting a lift home as well, so there's nothing really I could do <laughs> about that. So. Um, yeah, it's one of them games. You weren't expecting to win it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty comfortable for Man City in the end. But I thought the lads did okay. And the, the, the first half was was decent, particularly. And uh, yeah, Shane, that makes them. I thought at the time the Mason Holgate opportunity, well, watching it in real time, I thought, oh, he should. How did he, how did he miss that? He should have absolutely buried that. But then when I saw the replay, actually, it, it does bounce up it in very high. It's not an easy finish for, for, for a lot of players, let alone a centre back who. Or in this case, a left back who doesn't who doesn't really play a lot, you know. So fair enough with that one. It wasn't that easy a chance, but um, yeah, draw a line under it. You move on. Shame we lost by three. Really, it's hampered our goal difference a bit, hasn't it? If we just got one back, it might have made all the difference. You, you never know. Come the end, but um, 
move on and uh, yeah, answer the answer the huge one at Molyneux. Just goes to show how important those goals were at Brighton, really, doesn't it? <laughs> gave us that, just gave <laughs> yeah. us that that leeway against a team like City, who, are, as you say, I mean, they're just a nightmare to play against. And it's not just that they have fantastic players; it's the it's it's all the work that they do off the ball. That um, you know, I mean, Guardiola, I mean, he has got he's got them trained to be the perfect team in in all aspects. I suspect they'll they'll win this evening against um, Real Madrid. And they'll probably prove they are the best team in Europe, and you know. From from that perspective, I don't think we can have have many complaints. And I think one nil, you've probably got a chance, as we did on New Year's Eve. You know, you've got a chance of stealing something, but two nil, it really did feel like feel like game over. And I I, I share your your both of your concerns about you know when Calvert Lewin went off, my thoughts immediately turned to the next two games because he's just been so so integral to everything that we've everything that we've done um, since he's been back in the team. Uh, and it's i don't think it's it's too much of hyperbole to say that you know our survival probably depends on on his fitness given how poor we've been um in attack without him um that's something else to say that we we still can't go to wolves and get a result without him i mean obviously we got that 2-2 draw at forest without him in the side but yeah it, it, there's no way that we win the way we did at brighton without him in the side so he's going to be huge i think that was that was one sort of factor. The other factor, obviously, was uh, Mikolenko not being fit. Holgate having to come into, you know, what, what is an unfamiliar position, even if it were on the right-hand side of defense, on the left-hand side of defense. I just looked at it and I thought, oh, God. And actually, it's funny. City didn't even seem to sort of – I know the first goal came from that right flank, but City didn't even seem to be to, – to make that as, a, as, a, as their sort of their priority area to attack. They just thought, well, we can get this done all, all parts of the pitch. Um, yes, that I think, you know, ideally that that cross gets stopped before it even gets to, to Gundogan, um, who is the one player that I was hoping that would be rested, just the way that he's playing right now. He's just in unbelievable form. And when I saw him on the team sheet, I was like, ugh. Um, that's just, that's just one one more factor that that kind of goes against us, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, Holgate's obviously coming in for um, criticism, and there's a lot of talk about the fact that he was booed when he went off, which is obviously horrible to hear. I've always, you know, you, you Paul, you as a regular match day match goer, you may have a different opinion on this, but I've always thought that the the booing of the players by the fans is less of a of a of something aimed at the player himself, and it's really the only mechanism the fans have of sort of sending a message to the manager that they're that they're not um, not particularly happy with the team selection to begin with. Um, I I think in retrospect, and the way that we played in the second half more or less under, uh, underscored it, is that I think that had he had more time and more kind of experience playing with five at the back prior to this game, I think that's probably what he should have done rather than throw Holgate back in uh, Holgate into that sort of unfamiliar left back role. What, what did you think, Paul? Uh, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I suppose it's, it's more down to, you're probably right. That's more down to um, sending a message to the manager than it is targeting one specific player. But you feel like some players get it a bit more than others for some reason. Like, uh, I don't know. Just, yeah, we, yeah, we mean is our best centre back. Probably see him make plenty of mistakes over the time. Doesn't really get it in the neck when he mm. does. Michael Keane does. Similar for Holgate, he gets more stick than Godfrey for some reason. Yeah, you know I mean, when you see these all these lads make mistakes, so I think there's um, some players get it a bit more than others, and some players always have. Um, now you're right; it is it is probably more aimed at the management of players playing poorly. I suppose in the cold light of day, it's not really something which is personal against the player, really. It's just a built-up frustration of, you know, X, X thousand amount of people who are just there, uh, you know, want want the best really, mm. and just sort of really getting, you know, get getting angry, and you got to take it out on someone, and then there's a sort of like a bit of a domino effect of some people sort of ironically cheer when a player's finally subbed, and then others do, and it just, you know, I just don't think it's not, it's not, it's, it's nice, is it? I don't, you know. Never really ever accuse Mason of not trying for that, and you can accuse him of not being good enough and all that. But when throwing in a throwing in a left back, I mean he's what fourth choice left back, I suppose, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. If he's even a choice left back, yeah, I mean um, it's not really his fault. Not against someone like Marvez. I mean Jesus, mm. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be difficult, isn't it? You know. So um, I don't think we'll ever. Maybe you're right. He should have should have gone with the three at the back. Maybe McNeil should have played left back. 
let's be fair, would it made the blindest bit of difference? Would, would Man City still have won? Yeah. Very likely. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, um, yeah, so what can you really do, you know? So um, it's a tough one. One thing I would say, just thinking about the, the last two games, though, if you, if you just said, like, um, before the Brighton game, you're going to, the next two, you're going to get three points and you're going to get, and you're going to increase your goal difference by plus one. Mm. Blimey, you were the you, you were the you know where they were signed, you know what I mean? So um, so let's not be too too doom and gloom. It's it's gone way better these last two games than we really thought it would. Would we have been surprised if we lost if we lost five one or lost three 0 Not really, you know what yeah. I mean? To be yeah, yeah we, we we wouldn't have liked it, you know what I mean? So to win one five one or lose one three 0 to the champions, who will be well the champions anyway. Um, yeah, you know you can't really complain. It's just on to the next one. But um, yeah, just it's never never sat comfortable with me booing your own players. Um, and just that well, I wasn't comfortable with that either. But it's the way it is. It's, it's just kind of the way it goes, and it's just that domino effect. I think much, as much as anything else, I don't think people really mean it as such. It's just the uh, just the fickle nature of football fans, I suppose. Yeah, imagine make some of the put that put that one in <laughs> with a different story, wouldn't it? You know, so. Yeah, nobody really wins, do they, um, when that happens? Um, yeah. I was thinking about the shape, and I was going to mention the shape in the second half, which obviously by then Man City had won the game. Uh, I think we all knew that. Um, but we seemed to play that shape quite well. I'm wondering if it hadn't have gone so well at Brighton and we hadn't looked as good at Leicester, we we might have been playing a version of that shape anyway. You know, if he was you know, trying something different. But I think it had gone so well um, in the previous game. He probably thought, well, if, if we put someone there and keep the other kind of the other, the other guys in the, in a similar pattern, then you never know. Um, but no, I, 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 I thought McNeil played fantastically at left wing back. Um, mm-hmm. He was playing well anyway, but, um, and Patterson obviously has the, the natural instinct to go forward. So, you know, I, I'm looking for, far too far into the future by thinking uh, anywhere past the next two games. But I'm, there is potentially an option for us there where, when this isn't a firefight to to try that every now and again, I think. Um, it would mean, you know, all things being equal. Again, I'm going too far in front, but it would mean if Calvert-Lewin is still with us next season, that it would mean someone could play up with him. And, you know, you never know, do you? But, um, but no, I, I, I was going to mention the shape and... I can see why he stuck with what he had been doing um, in the last couple of games, um, and just tried to kind of plug a hole. But you, you like you said, you're plugging a hole against Mares. It's like, oh wow, um, yeah. So it didn't work. But like Paul said, was it ever going to? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right, and I mean, Mara's some of the some of his touches were just exquisite. Oh. I, mean, I, I think even the even the the best left back would would have struggled. Um, yeah. But the, I suppose the question, looking at this weekend, then, is if Mikalenko isn't fit, and it sounds as though they're in a bit of a wait and see to see how his this thigh strain sort of settles down over the course of the week. But if he's not fit. Do we continue with what how we played in the second half? I actually actually think we played some pretty good stuff. I mean, I know that we you know, City had more or less declared by that point, you know, to use a cricketing analogy. Um, but I still think we knocked it around pretty well, and you know, and I um, Anana looked good, and so I think that um, just in terms of in terms of just the psychology at the back, I think that it might be worth sort of persisting with that. If Mikolenko isn't isn't going to be fit, what, what what do you think? Well, one problem with that actually, it's a player I haven't been the most complimentary of throughout the season, I suppose. But Connor Cody did 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 pretty well in that back yeah. three, and he's obviously not available yeah. at Wolves. Oh, of course, uh, so that's true. Quite yeah. to that. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Good... Finally found a use and uh, <laughs> very good point. Now we know uh, why that, he that, makes that's notes. A bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> but that raises then that raises the Michael Keane question. So you've got two. Oh, you've got two questions then. Well, that'll sound, send shivers down Evertonian spines, <laughs> won't it? So that's uh, that's uh, two players. To, uh, uh, so you could play Holgate, which would send shivers down Evertonian spines. You could play Godfrey, which will send shivers down Evertonian spines. So you're stuck with... Um, 
But yeah, I mean, Mina was very good in that back three as well. I thought I thought he was better when he went to the back three, Mina, than in the mm. two. And now, now City, as you get, they kind of they kind of stopped attacking or not attacking with the same uh, tempo, gusto. But uh, I was I, I was impressed with how well Yevi yeah, was playing the ball out actually uh, in that three. Um, not saying he's never been capable of that, but just maybe maybe surprised me a bit more. But Cody was ever so good in that back three, and I, I, that's always but that was kind of the. Um, wasn't that kind of the, the Astavix mark against Cody, wasn't it? When he signed, was like, but hang on, he's only, the reason he's leaving Wolves is because they're not playing, he can't play in a back two. That's what they think. And he's only shooting to the back, back three. And he hasn't really had too many opportunities in the back three at Everton. But I, I like the way he's playing the ball out to the wings, doing pretty well there. But again, he can't do it on Saturday. On Saturday. So um, it's a tough one. We might just, perhaps just don't have the personnel to play a back three. Um mm. If Mikalenko's not there at Wolves, maybe against Bournemouth, but hmm. we'll have to see what situation we're, we're needed for then. So I don't know what he does. If uh, I don't think he can really go with Holgate again after that, really at left back, even you know, okay, whoever he's up against won't be as handy as Mares, but I don't know. You, you don't want to lose Mac Neal's potency going forward, but it might be a safer bet to have him at left back. I don't know. Really, what else you can really do without Godfrey? Presumably, he's still, he's still unavailable. Um, I don't know. It's a pickle we could we could do without. I mean, one thing not having Dominic Cavalier up up there in attack, but to to lose your only real fullback on one side and your best fullback on the other side, it's uh, it's another headache, isn't it? So it's, uh, it's over to Sean Dyche with that one. Really, it makes you think if Ruben Vinagro was fit, he may well be playing, um, but of course he's not. Uh, yeah. He's not fit either. Um, I, I I wonder whether it, it he he might have considered trying to make a back three if we let's say we only needed a point. You know, if we needed just to kind of secure what we've got, um, and a, a point would do it. Let's say I, I wonder whether he might do something a bit different. But I think he'll try and play a four. But I, I don't know who it's going to be. I really don't. I mean. I think he'll have <laughs> he'll have to play Holgate again if 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 all is equal. I just don't know who else could do it. I don't know who else could play there. I mean McNeil, obviously, but I, I who would you put bring Damari Gray in the side and then put McNeil back there? I mean you're making quite a big change there to a front line that's been doing quite well. Um, hmm. Oh, I don't know. He he hasn't been lucky, has he, Sean Dyche? Really with injuries? No, no, he hasn't. The other question then, obviously, is at Calvert Lewin. Uh, it sounds as though that his substitution was more precautionary. Um, I, my guess is that he will start, but if he doesn't, <laughs> we go back to that old question: is it is it back to um, is it back to Damari Gray, who obviously led the line against Forest? Is it Mope who comes in? It's uh, none of them are none of them are good options, are they? <laughs> Mopey seems more favoured at the moment somehow, doesn't he? He seems to be like the first sort of sub in the, in them areas, so I guess it probably I don't know, it'd probably be Mopey. And if we say McNeil's playing left back, it means Grace further up the field, in which case it'd have to be Mopey, right. Mopey yeah. or Sims, I suppose. But you imagine it would be Mopey. Um which yeah, I don't know. Again, it goes back to sort of recruitment shortcomings, doesn't it, again, I suppose, and lack of uh, lack of competitiveness and all that sort of stuff, but we covered that enough times this season. Um, I, my guess would be Mopay. Why do you think that, that Sims has kind of disappeared from the reckoning? I mean, he scored that goal at time. Chelsea, and I don't understand why he's almost disappeared from the from the the reckoning yeah. again. I was going to ask that same question because it, it, I, I I didn't really think he would play much of a part at all. I, I thought, well, he, hmm. they just brought him back to cover. You know, at Christmas time, they brought him back and I thought that's an extra body in an area where we haven't got many. And then he kind of flattered to deceive a bit. Then he had his moment. I thought, okay, here we go. Here's the, here, here Here's where he can be effective. And since, I don't think he's played much of a part, if I remember rightly. Uh, did he start a game after that? I don't think he did. He came on against Spurs for the last 13 minutes. And I think he started at Old Trafford, didn't he? Which, I mean, is really... it's it, the, yes. the point, As I said, I think we discussed before, the poor lad is, is starting games have been at Anfield, Stamford Bridge, Old Trafford. I mean, <laughs> and then, you know, he's expected to, to, make, to make an impact. 
Uh, I but think that's the last one he did started. He start did he start at Stamford Bridge though? I thought he came on. No, sorry, this was this the, the this was the season before. Remember when he made his debut oh, under, under Benitez? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what, what I yeah, meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> something must have happened there, or, or there must be something going on because at that point, when he came on and had an impact at Stamford Bridge this season. That was something that we hadn't seen from Mope at any point, really, that he'd come on into a game and had, or started a game for that matter, and had that, you know, that moment. Mope had his moment back when he scored the winner against West Ham, but we haven't seen anything of the like since. And Sims had his moment at a really good time of the season where you thought, okay, he, you know, even if he's, impactful in two more games three more games this season that would have been worth it and he's just faded away from even coming on I mean you know I went to the Fulham game and if Calvert-Lewin wasn't going to be fit you would think that either Gray would have played which he did but then he tried to play two with Mope and I would have thought it would have been Sims and so I don't quite know I don't know something something's going on there and I don't know quite what it is I mean, maybe it comes back to that old thing about you know he sees them in training, but uh, well, yeah, of course. there's been a few, a couple of instances where you know, we could have we as fans, having you know obviously watched this team longer than Sean Dyche, <laughs> have have could have said that you know maybe you should be doing this rather than what you're seeing in training, and I think there's been a couple of instances where that's kind of been the correct thing, but it must be surely you know. Or, or he's basing it entirely on on the match that he's, matches that he's started, which, as I say, this season, Liverpool and Man United away, I mean, that's that's a hard, hard way to judge a player. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest, Andy. The, you, know, you assume he's leaning on, leaning on experience rather than, uh, yeah, rather than youthfulness, but you're right. It's, you know, if, if, if the, the experience you got there has only got one goal to his name all season, and then and then yeah, he scored just as many as Ellis Sims this season, hasn't he? You know, well, Ellis Sims has scored a lot more in the championship. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you do wonder why he has a lot more opportunities. I don't have an answer for you at all, to be honest. It's uh, it's, it's a strange one. Maybe maybe he's got a role to play yet. Who knows? Probably start on Saturday now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope not because we know why yeah. that'll be. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking at the overall picture, um, yeah. how how how, <laughs> how do you see it now? <laughs> well, I mean, the, I I think that obviously the fact that neither that none of the sides around us won, I think, was obviously huge. You know, Leeds. Leeds, ever since they appointed Allardyce, have made me uncomfortable because he there is yes. that Allardyce factor. Um, you know, I don't think he can turn them into a you know world-beating team, but he can certainly um, improve uh, their morale, which he which he clearly has done. Uh, Leicester, on the other hand, if I were a Leicester fan, I would be in full-on panic mode at this point because they, you know, you've got um, you've got the fans have. And this was true for even a sort of two, three weeks ago, seemed to have um, have kind of lost hope a bit. Uh, they certainly don't have the support that we've been getting, uh, you know, for the, for the last couple of years uh, under the same circumstances. So, I mean, Leicester have got a, have got a, a mountain to climb. And Forrest, I mean, Forrest, I've more or less, disc- I had discounted them um, just on the way that they've been playing, but they've got, a couple of difficult games to finish, haven't they? They've got um, Arsenal at home, and then they finish at Palace. It's conceivable they don't get anything from that, you know. And we're only a point. What is that point behind them? Two points behind them. So, um, I mean, just in the, it, it, we we have to sort of feel encouraged going into these these final two games. Um, but the thing that gives me pause is what we've been talking about is those injuries and, and those potential selection problems that really could, um, you know, uh, undercut our, our, um, our chances. And I kind of, kind of go back to the, these sort of unforeseen things like Decore's suspension, you know, things that, you know, that you kind of come out of the blue and, and sort of change things radically. Um, but I'm hoping, as I say, I'm hoping that Calvert-Lewin starts, um, 
Mikalenko, perhaps, you know, if, if he does, if he doesn't, then I think we can probably manage, but Calvert-Lewin is a big one for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I really hope that, that, uh, that it really was like, if, if, if there was just a swat, you know, a little bit of stiffness in a two-nil down at half-time to Man City, Sean Dyche has done a hundred percent the right thing uh, of, of, of taking them out there a million percent, you, you know, so hopefully that's all it was. And that's, that's kind of what he was saying, but you just don't know with Dominic, you really don't. And, Make a big difference. Mikolenko, he said it's, it's a minor thigh strain. I, that, I mean, like obviously, I, I, you know, I don't know how. Obviously, you don't know what, how serious that really is, but it says minor thigh strain. It just kind of strikes me the sort of thing you just like, I don't know, get an injection in there and strap them up and get on with it because you bloody need them. You know what I mean? So I think, it, you know, even if you can, you know, I don't know, a half at Mikolenko is worth having in there because it's the only natural left back. So I think it's probably worth the gamble if he can if he can run and do his bit. And he's he's a gritty lad; he'll do his best. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's. I think he'll probably start. Whether he can manage the whole game, I don't know, but it's worth the gamble. Don't wait till Don't wait till Bournemouth to sort of play it. Don't wait till it's potentially too late. So I think he'll play Mikolenko, Dominic probably too. So hopefully we'll be okay in that regard. If not, well, Sean's just gonna have to find a way. Um, we need to beat Wolves. Uh, that's the way I see it. If we, okay, there's there's obviously a situation where if we don't, we can still still stay up potentially, but. We beat Wolves. We're playing before everybody else. It puts massive pressure on the others, including Nottingham Forest. They've got a worse goal difference than us. So they then need to win to get above us. As do Leeds, as do Leicester. Uh, they need to win two or win one. Well, win one, whatever the scenario. You know, they, need to, they need to better us and their results to get above us. So we've got to go and beat Wolves. And then if it so happens, then the other teams get results and it goes to the next game, then at least the destiny is still in our hands. And we know what we've got to do. Don't beat Wolves. Someone jumps ahead of us. We're really dicing with death down, aren't mm-hmm. we? So we, we have to go and beat Wolves. You have to find a way to do it. And it's, uh, it's kind of as simple simple as that. So I think the players will be there. I think them too. I know Sean seems very much unlike I'm not playing them until they're fully fit. You might have to just gamble a little bit on the fitness of these two. Because it feels almost to me that this game is more important. And in a way more winnable somehow, despite Bournemouth being at home. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> well, we know why. <laughs> because, like... because we hate playing yeah, against yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, we know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the Bournemouth factor. And you add on Junior Stanislaus, who I'm sure is going to find some way of playing. And... <laughs> 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 so that's why yeah. so yeah it feels more winnable to me so like yeah we can't I don't think we can afford to sort of like wait on these players if they maybe if they got a half a chance I think we got to just get them in there and get them playing and then worry about the next game a week or so later I completely agree this is the most important game of the season um, this is what all the resource should go towards um, I wonder whether that was a bit of thinking about Mikolenko there as to whether you risk someone with a bit of a strain against Man City mm. and you think, yeah, well, we'll just get you, get you right for next week. Um, I think you've just got to chuck everything at it um, because you're right. It, you know, it, it, if, we, if we can manage to win the game, it, it, of course it does matter what everybody else does, but in a way... It, it, it's less of an issue what everybody else does then because you you know you you know you're going into the, the the last game whatever happens you know you're going into the last game with it in your own hands mm-hmm. um and for me over the weekend i was i was fist pumping like the devil when newcastle went 2-1 up um because it, and at that point apparently i didn't watch the game but at that point apparently it, you know leads looked dead and buried really um and i just i would have loved that point not to have happened but I, you know beggars can't be choosers and all that um but i was i think for the first time in a little while i thought oh do you know what i think we're favorites here um and because it's so simple you know win your two games you're up win one well win the next one let's say you're probably okay um, it just makes it so much more simple to know that. Um, and also not just for us as fans watching and taking it all in, but also for the players, you know, that the, the, these guys are professionals that they, they, they now know exactly what they need to do. There's no ifs, buts, maybes. Win the game. Win the game. Yeah. You'll be fine. And I think that yeah. just narrow, it simplifies it. It puts the blinkers on and I think it sets us up in the, best way possible to have a go at Wolves um we I think if I was looking at everybody else's run in 
and I wasn't an Everton fan, I'd be thinking, oh, I like the look of Wolves and Bournemouth. You know, neither of them are playing for much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we definitely are. Um, where other, the other teams have all got teams, all got fixtures where someone's going for something, you know. Um, and I know that can work both ways and it, they can open up at some times and, you know, it's a bit of kind of pressure off. But um, I, I like the look of our fixtures and Leeds and Leicester fans would love to be in our position. They would love to be in our position at the moment. You know, we are in the best position, apart from Forest, obviously, which is, you know, I don't know, I don't know whether to count them or not, really. I suppose the only way you'd count them would be if we won and another team came with us, with us and won. You know, it, mm. um, they could be then dragged into it. But effectively, if um, I mean the Leicester result was a great result for them as well, wasn't it? On on Monday night, you know, they'd be looking at that and the Leeds result, be thinking, "Wow, okay, we might not have to do another thing this season." Um, yeah, I think the only way they can be dragged in is if we win and someone else does too. Um, then I think they might be looking over their shoulder again. Well, they will be. <laughs> They'll be in it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what my percentage is, if I was going to say confidence-wise now, but it's better than it was, um, especially <laughs> before, before the Leicester game. Before the Leicester game, I was still really concerned, really yeah. thinking that we, we were almost third favourite here. Um, I don't know, what am I, 60, yeah. 40? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really the, the Leeds and Forest. I mean, because if we win on uh, Saturday, then Leicester have to win both of their remaining games. They have to win at Newcastle and they have to yep. beat West Ham. Um, so, I mean, it, that's the, when you say that our game against Wolves is the most important one, I think it is because the psychologically for us and the teams around us, I mean, it would be a, it would be a hammer blow to them if we pick up three points um, because that would put us, what, four points, four points ahead of Leeds. So then we would really, if say, say Leeds, um, who are Leeds playing again? Say they win. Then they've got West Ham. Yeah. Then we've just got to, um, yeah, they're playing West Ham and they're finished against Spurs. (laughs) <laughs> and the way, yeah, I don't want to have to be relying on Spurs on the last day. No, no, no. Uh, you know, oh, no, no, no. So, but if we win, then then we only have to match Leeds's result uh, on the final day, and we have to, and then we just, as long as Leicester don't win those final two games, so it's 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 absolutely massive. And I mean, in terms of confidence, if Calvert Lewin's playing, I think um, my confidence will come from the way we played at Leicester and the way we played at Brighton. Because you know that that was a that was more like a team that I think we thought the team was like a mid-table, solidly mid-table team that could go away to you know teams like Wolves and get a win. Um, and so I just think that uh, hopefully all that kind of that psychological uplift that the Deitches sort of managed to get back into the seat is the team is is the thing that carries us over the line. It was a bit unfortunate, really, that after that. Well, especially the the Brighton game, obviously, but even the Leicester match is a bit unfortunate. Then we we then played Man City. You know, if mm-hmm. if, if Wolves and Man City had been the other way round, um, I, I you know I would have really fancied us against Wolves um, because we had just had that little bit of momentum, and it just Man Man City just kind of you know sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it, in those fixtures? Um, and he's a different kettle of fish. But I mean, yeah, it's a bit, it was a bit unfortunate that that. that that a we had to play them in the running, but b we had to play them right then when we just had our big result. But it, it, it is leads. Leads do worry me. I, I have found myself this week randomly worrying about leads, uh, and, Sam, <laughs> and I've got this. I've got this image in my face of Sam Allardyce's smug uh, image in my mind. Sorry, of Sam Allardyce's smug face on yeah, a it Twitter. Is smug, on, isn't it? On, on some kind of Twitter post when it, it gives Sam Allardyce's stats about keeping teams up and, and, and if he managed to keep, keep Leeds up and he'd be there smiling at me. Uh, I, would, oh, I, I don't know whether it's because I haven't slept very well this week, but that that's really has been a recurring problem. <laughs> it's my problem as well. Now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I will <laughs> join you in the Insomniac Club this week now. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I can see that actually. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's just occurred to me really as the them them two 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 draws against Leicester and Nottingham Forest just feels so costly now. Being just one of them, particularly the Forest one. Well, I love it Leicester as well. We, we, I, mean, I know they missed a the penalty, but 
oh, amount, of, you know, amount of opportunities we had around the box, amount of shots mm-hmm. that, you know, that Iverson having the game of his life against us. And, you know, that's, um, there's just two games and you could probably look at a number of the games, I suppose, throughout the whole season. But there's just, there's just two against direct rivals that you think, yeah, two more points for, the, for us and one point less for them. It's it, it makes a heck of a difference right now, doesn't it? You know, but um, no point looking back on it, I suppose. I mean, good thing, uh, I suppose, I'd like to think we're in good hands with Sean Dice going into these two games. Um, he's been here several times. You know, we've, we've been leading around these sort of allegation scraps. Yeah, you know, he knows them well. So hopefully, um, yeah, just uh, just get over the line. And I'd love it to just be done this weekend. But uh, yeah, he can't. He kind of has to feel it's going to go to, you know, the last game. We'd do well for all the results to go forwards, wouldn't we, this weekend, you know? So, you know, especially our own. But, well, you say that, but then if we've won on the... Because we play before anybody else, you know, if we've won, then you don't know what that does to the other team's psychology, do you? You don't know what that does... You know, all of a sudden, the pressure is very much on the other two to win. You know, and you don't know how that's going to affect players and teams. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind betting that actually, if we manage to win, which obviously is a big if, but if we got our bit done, I think the other stuff falling into place becomes much more likely. Yeah. How much? Um, how how important is uh, West Ham's game in Europe on Thursday night then tomorrow night? Very. If they win that, then probably uh, if they if they win on on Thursday, they probably come into Sunday against Leeds bouncing, and they got players competing for places for the final yeah. coming up. Lose that, and we saw that with Leicester last season when we beat them. They were a bit flat when we beat them at um, at, uh, at their stadium. Um, I've forgotten the name of the stadium. <laughs> anyway, um, King Power. Uh, yeah, the. King Power. I was thinking Walkers and Filbert Street, but I'm obviously living in the past. Um, <laughs> it probably isn't a bad idea at the moment. But, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. They, I mean, West Ham lose that. Their season's certainly over, isn't it? If they lose that, they could be a bit flat. Will that make a difference? I don't know. We've been thinking too much into it. But uh, yeah. yeah, we've got to put pressure on the other teams by winning uh, for sure. And yeah, it's just uh, terrifies me thinking about about these uh, these next two games. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Smith has apparently made the point that with Leicester playing on Monday like four times in succession, it's kind of put them at a bit of a disadvantage because they are, you know, dealing with the psychology of how other teams have have got on. So it's probably a it's probably a factor. Um, but <laughs> speaking of um, the nerves that you're you're feeling, Paul, uh, let's do our weekly question, which uh, comes from Andy this week. And it's simply, when was the most nervous that you felt before an Everton game? I can't look any further than this one. I really, really can't. I don't think I've ever been more nervous than this, than this game. And that sounds like a real, like a, a real get out. I really, I, I was having to think before of like the games that have, and I think the sad thing is, Everton really haven't had what I feel like real decisive games, really, for quite a long time. Yeah, Not many of them. Exactly, um, yeah. Obviously, it was the Palace, Palace one last season, obviously, but that's I didn't think there's a half time, but I was quite confident we'd win that going going into it. Um, I can't think of too many where I've been, you know, really cacking it as much as as much as this one. I'm very very nervous about this. Um, I think maybe the only other one was like I could just remember the nerves quite vividly would be um, the FA Cup final in 2000 and, uh, 2009 against Chelsea, but mostly probably because it was uncharted territory for mm-hmm. us really yeah. for me at least and. Uh, yeah, that's probably the only other one that could really come to mind. Um, but I don't think I could look further than this than, than this Saturday for the most nervous I've ever been before the game. Yeah. I suppose there's a different type of nerves, isn't it, what we had last season. like it, For the last 20 years or so, give or take, the, the nerves have been kind of... They've been in a kind of, well, might we do something half-relevant kind of way you know we've had a kind of might we might we get into Europe Hmm, probably not Um, but we haven't had that kind of it's all on the line nerves have we Um, and I mean that's where my choices have come from really I mean I I look I look at what I've got in front of me here I mean Burnley away last season because Mm, at that point if we if we'd won that game we could have breathed a sigh of relief I think and then we went one down, of course. Um, but before the game, I remember building up thinking, right, come on, Everton. Come on, Everton. We've got to win this game. Um, Chelsea, 
home last season um, when Richarlison scored the late goal and whatever it wasn't late goal actually was it, it was um, we we held on to win one 0 but before that game I, I felt the nerves. Um, I've got Fulham at home this season because mm-hmm. whilst I, being in the ground, that's the nervous I've ever been, most nervous I've ever been at Goodison. Again, just because I suppose I was there and it kind of heightens you a bit, doesn't it? But also, again, if we win that, it starts to look a lot better, doesn't it? And, and, and maybe everything won't be on the line. The only one I've got from not in the last two seasons is the Liverpool semi-final at Wembley when um, we were in the FA Cup semi-final. And because I suppose sense of occasion and I suppose to get to a final is a big thing, isn't it? And I, you know, semi, no one, no one remembers who lost the semi, do they? And I didn't want us to be, be that. And I remember being quite nervous before that one, but I, I'm, I'm like Paul. I, I, I don't think, I, I certainly, for the most nervous I've ever been before Everton matches, plural, you cannot look anywhere bar the last two years, really. Well, last 18 months, really. Because it's a different type of nerves, isn't it? It's a different type yeah. of, you know, oh, well, if we don't finish seventh this year, we might finish seventh next year type thing. Um, <laughs> but, God, I mean, this is nothing like that. This is this is the kind of, I don't know, are we going to be playing Peterborough next year? Um, are we going to be playing <laughs> Plymouth next year? Um, might Luton Town be in a higher division than Everton next year? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's it's a, there's a lot on this. There's a lot to unpack, um, mm. and, and I'm 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 feeling it. I've got to be honest. I'm feeling it. Yeah, no, it's, you're exactly right, and it's for those for that exact reason. Is this is this is I mean, without going too much into the finances aspect of it, it, this does feel almost existential for us. You know, quite quite apart from the fact that you know to to lose what is a very very proud top flight um, run. And uh, to just not be part of, you know, the Premier League is just, uh, it's not even, I mean, it's, I can't even, I can't even contemplate it. And I've had to in the last few, the last few weeks, I've had to for the first time. I didn't really last season ever feel like the, that we were in, in sort of dire danger. I always sort of had a feeling this, this season is the first time I've had to sort of contemplate the possibility that we, that we go down. Um, and so it's, yeah, you can't, I, you can't look beyond these, these past two seasons. I think, I, the, you know, you could look back to the, the cup finals, like 95, 2009, and yeah, maybe the, the, the 2012 semifinal um, against Liverpool as sort of being, as you say, different, different types of nerves. It's, it's a, it's more of a, um, a sort of uplifting anticipation kind of nerves, whereas this is just dread kind of nerves um, and for me for me the without question the most nervous i've ever been before a game was the newcastle home game um and i think i, I put on put on twitter that i was you know four days before the game i was wound up I, it was just it felt like such an enormous match and it just that made it just that much more deflating to to lose it the way that we did um so yeah that was that was the one for me uh, and it, and it's funny the uh, the Fulham game I was a bit more sanguine about Brighton away I think because I had so few expectations I, I, I yes. was quite sanguine about that too I yes. really wasn't that nervous about that one no and I felt the same and I couldn't put my finger on it there was almost like a kind of weird calm before yeah. that one um, where the where the Leicester one but the week before I was really. <laughs> I was trying to kid myself that I wasn't nervous, but I really was nervous before that game. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, you're right. The Brighton one did seem a calmer thing. I don't. Yeah, I well, don't it's know. the. It's sorry. It's it's the ones where you feel that you can win. You know, obviously the home games you always feel you can win, and I think that the you know the the coach welcome had come back for Newcastle, and there was just this last. There was this big swell of of support saying, "Look, if we can just push them over the line for this one, everything will look so much more positive." Uh, and I think that was that was part of it. What about London? You you went to the uh, the Coventry game, didn't you? In in ninety eight, surely that was uh, actually yeah. That must have had the nerves. You know, that must have had the nerves jangling a, a fair bit. Actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that. now that you now that you say that, um, I mean, I'd been at so I'd been at um, Highbury the week before when we got smashed four um, nil, and that was and that was obviously 
we, yeah, we were there for Arsenal's title party, and you know Tony Adams scored a bloody goal again. I mean, it was and it was a very good goal too. And it was Streamer, that man. that actually that <laughs> actually felt coming away from that match felt really um, you know that 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 one felt heavy. So yeah, I, I for the Coventry game, I got to the I got to to the ground a few hours early actually. And I remember just walking around it, and there was nobody else there. And um, I think the Echo had put posters up on the on the lampposts around the ground with um, I forget what the I forget what the headline was now, something like Day of Destiny or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, that actually did feel 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 pretty heavy. It's it's funny, so long ago now that that might I might have actually felt just as nervous. But uh, I don't know. I just. Uh, the, the longer things go on and the, the more that the um, the stakes seem to get higher in terms of us getting relegated, it, it almost feels like this is just bigger right now. Mm. And I think maybe part of it is the fact that I've just you know been a fan for that much longer and uh, so I'm that much more invested with the website and, and, and you know, just the, and also just the, the people that you know and who, who it'll affect on a, on a more sort of, you know, day-to-day basis. Um, I don't know. It just feels bigger now. Yeah, I, I I was trying to put it into context for for my partner last season. She she kept saying like, okay, well, let's say they do go down. What what's what's the huge problem with that? What what's the actual kind of fundamental day to day problem in your life? You know, let, let's look at the psychology of what's going on here. And I I, I still couldn't really tell her. Like I, I, she said, well, there's, they're still going to be playing games next year. Surely, you know, there's still going to be, there's still going to be an Everton football club. And if, even now, I mean, yeah, there probably will be an Everton football club, you know, next season, even if it kind of really does fall around of us, down around us. But I, I, there's something intangible that is kind of in me that I feel incredibly, I still feel incredibly proud to be an Everton fan. And the fact that we've got this record, that we, we're we always there or thereabouts and we, we haven't been relegated since 1952 and, or whatever it was. And and there is something intangible that I'm scared of and I'm worried about. And I want I want us to still be relevant, you know, even though we're not relevant in a competitive way and haven't been for a few years. I still want us to have that chance to kind of, well, we're playing Man United next week and we're playing Liverpool and, you know... I still want us to be involved in that conversation at the top table because that's mm. where we should be. And exactly, it's just, and um, I don't know really. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of it, um, but it is difficult to put your finger on exactly. Well, I suppose it's the unknown as well, isn't it? I mean, none of us have been. I don't. I, you know, we weren't even alive when Everton were, were were in another league. You know, we don't know what it's like to not see a top flight football team. And maybe that's kind of the, the fear of the unknown as well, where, where, I don't know, clubs like Norwich and West Brom and they go up and down all the time and it's kind of part of their life and part of their existence. But for us, it's not. And, and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I was at the, um, I did the, the tour, uh, the Goodison Park tour the other uh, few weeks back and, uh, yeah, I actually got quite emotional on there. But I mean, to sound too too phony, that the it was um, because there's so much history there, and it's like just the uh, the tour uh, the tour lady, she was fantastic. It's just reeled off all the all the stats and all the information about like the first team to use nets, the first team to have it all happened here. She kept on saying that it all happened here. The first team to have numbers on the shirts, all these sort of stats, which uh, Doctor Fans I'm sure would reel off just like that, you know. Yeah. But the um, all, all these like you know, and I just thought you, did, you just stood there and looked at the pitch and you looked at you thought and you looked around and you thought this can't happen we can't you now I really thought like this you know we might not be in the top flight it, was, it really hit me home might not be in the top flight for you know for much longer and when people say to we, we probably all get this but people say to you like ah oh, no, everything go down well, it might 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 do you some good you know you get a reset and like you're like piss off no it doesn't like it's not you know it's um it's just too much to give up yeah. it, it, it's just far and not let alone the whole financial uh situation we'll talk about that another time but it's just uh it's far too much too proud of history to just to just give up and say oh well you know get to go to some new grounds it's going to be a bit different it'll be a bit of fun i can't accept it and i just no i just, I just can't believe we're going to go down and uh these players cannot let it happen not this weekend not this season yeah 
No, hundred percent. I mean, you see these these discussions about which is the bigger club. Is it Newcastle? You know, Aston Villa, Leeds, Everton. I mean, there was a recent poll where they polled people and they put Everton at the bottom of that list. I said, like, how can you, how can you, how can you come up with that when you just and yes, okay, our last title was in nineteen eighty seven. But I mean, over the course of our history, it, it, as you say, all those firsts that we've had, um, the players that we've had, the trophies that we won. I mean, the club has been for most of its history at the forefront of the game. Game it helped create the Premier League. Um, and you know, it's, it's not, you don't have a right to anything, but really by rights, I mean, we should be up there with the other six permanent members of the Premier League. And if we'd been managed correctly, you know, we would be, I mean, it's, it's only, was it Boxing Day 2020 that we were second in the table, you know, with, and we had Carlo Ancelotti as the manager and we had James Rodriguez and, you know, just the, the precipitous fall that we have gone through from just that short period of time, um, it's it's quite. I mean, it's it's depressing, really. It's heartbreaking, really. But yeah, it's uh, it's just you know we belong there. We've been there for all but four years of our history, and so that's why it's almost it's almost you almost can't really conceive of it, which is why I think it's been it's sort of been easier to not believe it will happen. But my God, we've come close the last couple of years. And you were talk- say, never again. You were talking about you were talking about doing a tour in the stadium. When I go to Goodison, I always do the same thing before a game. Is I start, I, I do a lap of the ground outside. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, and you, I, I basically just do the timeline in order. So I just start where the away fans go in, and I just and I just walk and look. And I, it's the same stuff up there every time. I'm not learning anything new, but <laughs> it never it never ceases. It never ceases to just I, I pick out something and go. Oh God, yeah, and wow, look at that! And if I'm lucky to take you know the girls up, you know, or whatever, or take a mate up, I do the same thing, and they go, bloody hell, mm. yeah. And, and there's always something there, and you and you feel an immense pride, like and about that. And maybe that's me being all misty-eyed and stupid, but you do, and and there's there's oh, and and I was up, the, you know, I was up in Liverpool for the um for the Eurovision welcome party, um. Uh, when Everton were away at Brighton that weekend. Um, and you think not only the effect of, on us and um, as Evertonians, but on the city, you know, that city, mm-hmm. that should that city should never have a team that is not in the top flight of English football. I mean, yeah. you just walk around it and look at things and, you know, it, it's, it's ingrained. It's, the, it, it's, it's, it's culture. It, you know, it should never have either team that's in as much trouble as we are now it, it, you know and um it, it hit me it, it did hit me again that weekend and everyone weren't even playing um you know until the, until we we were driving home um and but you know it's it just it does hit you quite hard when you think about it properly and it just can't happen and and hopefully it won't and we could be sitting here next week as as a as a you know a group and going whoo <laughs> I hope we are. <laughs> yes, hmm. yes. Let's uh, let's believe, believe. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll leave it there for this week, and we will reconvene after that Wolves game. Uh, as you said, who knows? Could be all over by then. Uh, but one step at a time. Let's beat Wolves. Keep everything in our own in our own hands. Uh, if you're going as part of our incredible away sport, enjoy the trip. Roar the blue boys to victory. Uh, we'll be back to discuss it all next week. Take care. Of the toffees. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Ando. And I'm Fer. And we host Niña Bien Podcasts. We want to invite you to listen to our show. Niñas Bien means good girls in Spanish, but you have to know that this is not a podcast for good girls or for girls at all. It is a comedy podcast, so everyone is welcome to listen. We talk about sex, relationships, technology. We recommend movies and TV shows and discuss pop culture in general. And there is Chisme Ajeno too, a section we have just to gossip about everyone. So you'll find something you like here. And you'll practice your Spanish. The cleanest Spanish you'll find, we promise. And if you already hablas español, vamos a hacer tus nuevas amigas. We'll be your friends for the non-Spanish speakers. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Hosted by Acast and available to all audio platforms. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.